WSB. We are the greatest nation in the world. A breath of fresh air. Common sense. Very impressive. He's articulate and he knows exactly what we need. Herman Kane. Herman Kane. Solutions for a better America. Yeah, this ain't Herman. I'm not as good. But I'm having more fun, I think. Neil Bart substituting for Herman Kane. Welcome back, final hour. I will be back on the 9th and 10th of March to substitute for Herman Cain again. And uh, in between now and then, I will do nothing but fly the airplane, play golf, and sit around on the beach, which is what Jamie Dupree wishes he could do, but he still has little bitty kids and a wife and a job. How you doing, Jamie Dupree? Jerk. How you doing? Yeah, this time tomorrow I'll be out on the course. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You'll be sending me pictures. Yeah. Yeah, I just got the rules for tomorrow's game. From uh, the tyrant. The, the, the fireman tyrant. Yeah. Yeah, the fireman tyrant. Quota game. 18 shots max, putts and leather only, all rules in effect. New white tees today, 2, 3, 6, 7, 9, 11, 13, 18, all others green. Skins game. Broke back cowboy skins. Validation choice. Max nine holes for skins and validation. Share pot with validator. I've got a, a, a buddy of mine that when we get together once a year for golf and poker, he calls it, uh, just tell me how much I owe. That's my line. Yeah. But you know what these people do to me? You know, I'm, I'm new to the group, okay? The society. And so uh, they get all these tea times, and they put me in the last tea time, always the last tea time, so that uh, they all finish and have lunch, and they've all eaten by the time <laughs> I finish. So it's, hey, Neil, have a good game. Sure did. Okay, uh, we'll see you later. And they're all gone. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Uh, that banging going on in the background is some dude hanging out my window here at the studio cleaning the windows, and he's well, looking at me like I just grew a third eye in the middle of my forehead. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very sad news about Kayla Mueller. Yeah, it is, and it sounds like this is the, the woman who nobody really knew about it until just uh, recent days in public, who uh, she's from Arizona, had been over in Syria helping out, and had been kidnapped by Islamic State militants. And uh, evidently, from the sound of it uh, coming out of the White House and from other sort of background reports, uh, the the Islamic State may have basically sent an email or some form of communication to her parents to say your daughter is dead and that it didn't come through the U.S. or through U.S. intelligence first off. Uh, the, the president issued a statement a little while ago uh, mourning the news, uh, saying it is with profound sadness that we've learned of the death of Kayla Mueller. Uh, similar statements coming from lawmakers as well. And, you know, it just, again, uh, makes you sort of uh, think and wonder, Neil, uh, how, how do you stop these people? Uh, uh, you know, I mean, they... They don't go after sort of uh, uh, armies and, and uh, things of that nature. They're kidnapping journalists and humanitarian aid workers and more. Well, isn't that the word, the word uh, terrorist comes from? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, Jamie, I don't know, I don't know how to stop them. Do, I mean, do we send in American troops and wipe them out? But then how do you do that? They're, they don't run around in uniforms. No. They hide among civilian populations. They embed themselves with women and children. I tell you, I'm uh, really intrigued by the response of the Jordanians. Yeah. And now United Arab Emirates, the UAE, has sent their planes over to Jordan to help out, whereas they had pulled out of some of the bombing runs a couple of uh, months ago. So, uh, you know, the 
the we we've talked for a number of years about the sort of Islamic terrorist violence against other Muslims, and it never seems to generate a big backlash. But in this case, it really did in Jordan. I guess the one fear is that it could almost lead to a broader war, in a sense, if the Jordanians get involved and really go after. Uh, the, I'm not saying they shouldn't, but, but the you know Jordanians don't have the facilities. They don't have the materials to carry forth a big war. No, but I would think, wouldn't you think that they would have the facilities, though, to facilitate a broader American military presence? Well, yeah, and in a Jamie, secret way, much like the Saudis did during Desert Storm and more. Do you? I mean, well, I know uh, trying to get an opinion out of you is it's trying impossible. to get the it, yeah. yeah it's trying to get the whale to give you a putt exactly yeah okay but <clears throat> is it possible that ISIS has overplayed their hand at this point oh i mean i i think the the burning of the guy alive in the cage was that exact thing yes i really do and that's why i think you've seen the reaction from the jordanians from uh, uae and you don't hear much protest around the the muslim world about the us going after islamic state uh, militants on the ground do you i mean None. Of course, some would no. say that we're not doing much of it. I mean, it's sort of a few airstrikes, a couple, you know, a couple days, but it's not a a huge kind of thing. I think. But it always we... seems to be. Let's you and he fight. Yeah, I, I'm going to be interested in the reaction from lawmakers when they get this uh, authorization for the use of military force against the Islamic State, because, you know, the two parties are pretty fragmented on this. You have a lot of Democrats that want no part of anything uh, in any expanded military role over there. They want very strict limits. You have a lot of Republicans that would like to see a lot more done on the ground and in the air over there. But you certainly get the sense that the president is reluctant to, in a sense, start a new military adventure. But on the other hand, when you have a group like this that is uh, obviously shown that they can take over large swaths of territory in Iraq, Syria, and has made forays toward Lebanon, it's something that can't be ignored in that arena. You know, one argument in favor of the United States just supplying the material support for the rest of, for the, some Arab states to go after these, uh, these fanatics would be that you let the Jordanian troops or the UAE troops or the Turkish or the Kurds, let them capture some of these ISIS guys, and they're not going to end up in New York City on trial. They're not going to end up at Gidmo. They're not going to enjoy the, the remaining moments of their lives no, if they're I think, captured by those guys. I think we've seen that uh, the reaction from the, uh, the Jordanians last week was exactly that. So we'll see what happens. We're, uh, we're thinking that we might get that Islamic State authorization maybe as soon as tomorrow, but we'll have to see. You know, as much as I dislike Obama, and I can think of nothing good to say about him, I'm sure glad it's not me that has to sit up there and make these decisions. That's why I those mean, guys go gray so fast, I would think. Yeah, they do, don't they? Yes, they do. What else is on your plate, Mr. Dupree? Uh, an interesting hearing today about, uh, in the wake of the, of the the surge in measles cases around the country, we had another very bipartisan and very public call out of the Congress today and out of public health experts for parents to get their kids vaccinated against measles and more. Really, I would label this a bipartisan pushback against some in both parties, frankly, who have decided they don't want their kids to uh, to get certain vaccines, worry about side effects and more. The, uh, there was an official from the CDC there who repeatedly said over and over and was led into the question over and over by senators of both parties, is there a link between vaccines and autism? No, 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 no was the constant answer. And I, I've definitely been intrigued by, you know, at first we had that 
that that that little uh, fluff up over what Rand Paul and Chris Christie said about should you get vaccinated or not, and then ever since then there's been a very bipartisan response to say yes, and that was reiterated in a hearing up here today. Well, if you if you can manage to live your life where you do not ever interact with other people, then maybe you can go around unvaccinated, but. Jamie, there's, you know, I'm kind of, uh, I've got a, I got a few years on you, but I will never in my life forget. It was maybe 54 or 55, 1955, when the news hit that a man named Jonas Salk had come out for a vaccine against polio. And people lined up for it lined up. They were talking it, about that, that different disparity in a hearing today where people who are sort of your generation remember that, remember oh, yeah. those things, and yet sort of the baby boomers and the people afterward, it's, you know, they haven't lived in having to deal with measles or polio or anything like that. I mean, there's, you know, having your mom know you can't go to the swimming pool this summer, there's been a polio case reported. My goodness, and and... I'm sorry, I'm a libertarian, I'm pretty much on the side of freedom, but I... Except for that one, huh? Yeah, well, common sense. No wonder common they Common sense you says, get your kids vaccinated. It's yeah. just, it's sad that so many don't. Well, it's, oh, it, it, I noticed the governor of Maine, I know, uh, Paul LePage, uh, you and he are tight, right? <laughs> yes, yes. He's called for an elimination of the state income tax in Maine once and for all. No kidding. Yeah. You think you're ever going to get the fair tax voted on in this joint up here in D.C.? Not in the next two years. Yeah, I don't think so either. But I think I think the next two years could be used to set the stage uh, for a tax reform revolt. If it has the, to be uh, led by a president, I think. It has to be led by a president, and it uh, well, Jamie, I actually think it has to be led by the people. Well, I yes, think, but you know what I'm saying is that yeah. to overcome the reluctance in Congress and of uh, lobbying right. groups and special interests, you're going to have to have a president who really pushes for it. Well, I'm in the process of laying down about three, somewhere between three and four and a half or five hours of Bortscast podcast on my podcasting site to just try to light as big a fair tax fire as I can. Uh, give, look, it, uh, give it one last effort before I really Before retire. you tip over, yeah. yeah. Uh, looking over. at yeah, uh, where we are right now, we are now less than one year away from both Iowa and New Hampshire, if you can believe that. And I think that we're starting to really see the 2016 race on the Republican side and to a bit on the Democratic side become a daily drumbeat of news. Uh, yesterday, Marco Rubio hired a former aide of Mitt Romney's who had run his bid in New Hampshire in 2008 and 2012. Bobby Jindal was here in D.C., really making a lot of us wonder if he is ready to jump in. Uh, Jeb Bush today has released a part of an e-book that he's putting out there. Yeah, along his emails. That was kind along of a with a surprise. bunch of emails, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's... Um, I, I do think that if you're going to get in, Jeb Bush, I think, really accelerated this. And if you're going to do it, you got to get moving here in the next couple of months because the the time is ticking away. You don't get any extra time. I mean, it's less than a year. But I'm not looking forward to uh, uh, 
I'm not looking forward to the drum beat starting this early, really. Uh, no, but then again, it's uh, historically it's always gone on for a long time. I think we whine and think that somehow uh, previous campaigns started late or something like that. But there's always people standing around looking at this and have been for a while. I mean, uh, Iowa doesn't particularly like Hillary, do they? Yeah, and and I still think that there is uh, there is the chance for a a liberal challenge to her. Now, whether it goes Ooh, anywhere, Elizabeth, that's a totally different answer. Elizabeth question. Warren. I still listen. If she wanted to get in, I think the grassroots would be electrified on the on the Democratic side by her. I really do. Why? Why? What has she done? Where's her accomplishments? This 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 fake. You know, this Indian bit. What has she done? You know, I, I think that she just distills the arguments in a way that, you know how the, the, the right gets very excited by certain people who, who send out the message of what they want to get done with the Republican Party? I think she does yeah. the same thing for the Democrats on the left. I love the names they have for Liawatha. <laughs> so, but... Uh, uh, it's about time we had a Native American president, though, I guess. I'll, uh, I'll hold you to that. All right, boss. Uh, March 9th, huh? That's next? Uh, March 9th and 10th. And since this is February, that means that the from February uh, to March in a non-leap year, the days, the dates are the same days of the week. In Vermont. Did you know that? Uh, yes. Yes, I did, Mr. You Geezer. You'd yes, already made note of that. Okay. Yeah, I did. I did. Okay. Well, I will be back March 9th and the 10th, and I'm in... <clears throat> It's a secret, but I may see you before then. That sounds good. We'll see you, boss. Okay, that's our guy, Jamie Dupree, Washington, D.C., the man with all the facts but no opinions. And uh, we'll be back. Neil Bortz for Herman Cain. When you're listening to Herman Cain, Herman Cain, you won't miss any breaking news. And you'll never miss out on a single solution for a better America. Herman okay, Cain Belinda, line them up. Line them up. Line them up. I'll shoot them down. Last half hour of the Herman Cain Show coming up. We'll be back.